I'll never forget how I felt that day, being on that plane and hearing the stewardess jump on the loudspeaker and command and say, everyone, put on your seatbelts now. It was like something I'd never heard before. It wasn't like, a, you know, when you feel like it, you know, put your tray table up and put on your seatbelt. It was an order, it was a command, and you could hear the fear in her voice. And it made me fear because I could feel the turbulence. I could feel the whole plane shaking. My stomach went right into my throat. And it's at that moment that I thought, I am going to die today. This is it. And I went straight into this moment of panic and prayer. And I just started pleading to God, God, please save us. God, like help those, help the pilots, like give them wisdom, like use your power, do a miracle, save our souls, save our lives. And I know I was not the only one on that plane pleading to God in that moment. There was probably 215 other people that were also, whether or not they would believe in God or not, they believed, they, they were calling on God to save them in that moment. And that's what it's like sometimes in prayer. Sometimes we will jump into a prayer like that. And Barna Research says that more than four out of five adults in the U.S. would say that they have prayed at some point in the last week. That is, and that's been, this is not a new stat. This has been the case since 1993 that they've been saying that four out of five people would say that they prayed at some point in the last week. That's a lot of people, right? So prayer is a pretty common thing. Why is that? Why do so many people pray? I believe there's something within us that reaches out to something beyond us to pray. I believe that there's something within us, that something within our design that believes to, that wants to connect with a higher power. And I believe that that power is God. And that we were made for prayer. We were designed for this. As a child, I remember my mom and my dad like praying with me. We would kneel beside my bed every day and we would, uh, before bed, we'd say a prayer. It was sort of like a routine thing. Sometimes it would rhyme. Um, but we would always say it every day for that, for before bed and then before a meal. And prayer was something that I did on a regular basis. It was kind of a ritual. Sometimes it was a, like a religious ritual that I would do. Sometimes I just would, you know, repeat after me and repeat after mom and I would just say whatever they said. And, and sometimes prayer can feel like a ritual. Sometimes it could feel like something you, you know, you, you should do. You do it, it's like a religious act that you do out of duty. And then sometimes there's that emergency prayer, like the kind of prayer that I, that I did in that airplane that day. Or the kind of prayer that we probably have all done when we are going down the freeway and we, we know that we've been speeding and we, we see the flashing lights of a police car driving by us and we plead to God, please don't let them pull me over. Like, I know I should, I know I'm guilty, but please, like God, like spare me this moment. I don't want another ticket. <laughs> um, and prayers can be like that sometimes, but in, in essence, prayer is about a conversation with God. So how do we as humans have access to have a conversation with God? There's a, a, a story that I want to show you. It's on a video that I think illustrates this really well. So check this out. A young soldier fighting for the Union Army in the American Civil War lost both his father and his brother in the fighting. He needed to return to his family's home and help his sister and elderly mother with the spring planting on their farm, 
And so he went to Washington, D.C. to ask the president for exemption from military service. When he arrived in Washington, he walked straight up to the doors of the White House and asked to speak directly with the president. A young official standing guard told him, you can't see the president. The president's far too busy to see you. Get back out there and fight like you're supposed to. So the young soldier left the White House, not knowing how he would break the bad news to his family. As he was sitting on a nearby park bench, a young boy came up to him and said, why are you so unhappy? What's wrong? The soldier looked at the boy and began to pour out his heart. He told the child that since his father and brother had been killed, he was the only man left in his family. He was desperately needed back at the farm and the only person who could make it possible was the president himself. The little boy said simply, come with me. Taking him by the hand, the boy led the soldier back around to the White House. They walked through the back door, past the guards, past the generals, past the high-ranking government officials until they got to the president's office. The little boy didn't even knock on the door. He just opened it and walked in. There, standing behind the desk, studying battle plans with the Secretary of State was President Abraham Lincoln. The president looked up and said, Oh, what can I do for you, Tad? The little boy replied, Dad, this man needs to talk to you. Just like in that story, we have access to the Father through the Son. Ephesians 2.18 says, Through Him we have both access to the Father through the Spirit. So in Christian prayer, we have access to the Father through the Son and by the Spirit. And maybe you would say, well, you know, I don't really know how to pray. But Paul, what he says is, says we, we don't know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit, he helps us in our weakness. He guides us in our prayer. And we can come to God just as we are because Jesus gives us access to the Father. When Colin and I were dating, we spent the majority of our dating life living on completely other sides of the world. I was living in California as a college student and Colin was living in England. And this was like kind of in the early days of the internet. We didn't have emails, we didn't have computers. Uh, and talking on the phone was pretty expensive. It was like a dollar a minute. And so trying to build a relationship when you don't have the internet and you live on the other side of the world, it's pretty tricky. And so we, I know this is aging me a lot here, but we wrote letters. We every day would write letters and I actually have the box, the, the famous box of all these letters that, that we wrote to each other in that year and a half uh, as we were dating and before we got married when we were apart. And um, every day we would write a letter, we'd talk about our day, we would talk about, sometimes they were long typed out letters, sometimes you know, we'd scribble them on some scrap paper. Um, we would talk about our day, we would talk about you know, our dreams, our thoughts, we'd try to share about each other because that's how we got to know each other was like I would write something and I'd write questions and he'd reply and he would share with me about his thoughts and his dreams and his desires and his hopes and, and it was through that that we built a relationship. It's through that that we got to know each other and, um, and prayer can be a lot like that because did you know that we are, we are known by God? Psalm 139 verse 1 through 4 says this, you have searched me Lord and you know me. You know when I sit and you know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. 
You discern my going out and my laying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is in my tongue, before I say anything, <laughs> you know it completely. So God knows, like, he knows everything. He knows the ins and outs of your day. He knows, you know, what time you woke up. And, and he knows when you went to bed. And he knows everything that's going on in your day. He, he sees those things and he knows, the, he knows us intimately. And we pray because that is how our relationship with God develops. Just like Colin and I, developing our relationship through conversation. And I know that I'm probably not alone in that, that you, you build a relationship through conversation for, and the more time, the quality time that you have together, or, or ways that you communicate together, the more you get to know each other. And prayer is like that. Um, because it gives us a way to communicate to God. And also, reading the Bible is a way for us to get to know the ways and the character of God. It was the way, it's like his love letters to us, that where he shares with us who he is. He describes, we hear stories that describe his character and, and his promises. And the more we are in the word, the more that we are in the Bible, the more we get to know. It's like, it's like if I really want to know Colin, I would read as many of these letters as I possibly could. And if I want to know God, I need to read his word because that's where he, he's given us that so that we can get to know him. And when we, when we as Christians, want to learn about prayer. Oh, actually, I have one more thing I want to share on this. <laughs> um, so I'm going to, sh- I actually going to read a little bit from one of these letters. Colin said I could, so uh, I don't think I've actually shown him the part that I'm going to read, but um, I'll just let you have like a flavor of what is, what do people like that write about? So here's something that Colin wrote to me many, many moons ago. He said, Elizabeth, it's now 11.55 p.m. and I want to be in bed by midnight. My darling, I've really enjoyed writing this letter to you. I feel like I've been snuggling up with you, letting you know my thoughts, and walking inside my brain for a while. I'd like to give it to you one day, along with my heart, my body, my desires, my plans, and my love. So, okay, he's sharing with me intimately. He's sharing with me, um, like, detail, like, like, like things that he was thinking, and, and, he, and it's like, it was like I was spending time with him. Um, and Jesus told us when he was teaching us how to pray, he said this, he said, when you pray, you're not to be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they can be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. It's kind of like, kind of like in these letters. It's not something that these are not letters that I go and show off to everyone. But my prayers, and just like these letters, they're they're private. They're things that I I share I share intimately with God in those in those times of prayer. And it's things that I do. I and 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 I close the door when I pray. I I don't and I don't need, I don't need to make it an out, an outward show. But actually, in some of the most most real moments in the presence of God are, are moments where I got to spend it one-on-one with God and built that intimacy with him. And the thing I love about this last part of it, of this scripture says, um, and when you pray, go close the door, pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees you, who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So it says when we pray, there's a reward. When we pray, 
we experience his presence. Here's another great verse. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. No matter what circumstance we live in, that joy is available. And joy is different than happiness. Happiness is dependent upon our circumstances, our, our whatever's happening. It, 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 happiness depends on your happening, but joy is not happiness. Joy is knowing God's presence. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 says this about prayer. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious about anything. But when we, when we come to God with prayer, and with, and we bring our petitions, our things that we are asking for, we bring, come with thanksgiving and we pre pre present our request to God, that he gives us this reward. He gives us the peace of God, the peace of God. This is something that transcends all understanding. It doesn't make sense why you would have peace, even when your situation is difficult. And maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know what, right now, my situation is difficult. Right now, my life is, is chaotic and there's a lot of things that are out of control. But when you bring those things to God, you don't, and you don't, you're not anxious about it, you bring those things to God, then you get the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, and it guards your heart. It puts a protection on your heart. It guards your mind, and it gives you calmness, and, and, and you're able to walk in that peace. And that's what we get when we have the presence of God. When we spend time in prayer, we get the presence of God and the peace of God. When we pray, prayer changes us. There's this, it, it changes me. When I, when, I, when I pray, there's this transformational thing. It's not just like, here's my prayer request, and I'm going to put it in the vending machine and put my money in, and then out comes my answer, and that's why I pray. It's like a transaction. It's, it's not like that, uh, it really, or at least it shouldn't be like that, because when we pray, there's this like transformational process that comes because we build this relationship with God. We experience the presence of God and that presence transforms us from the inside out. That presence gives us that peace which transcends all understanding. It changes us. And, and then the, the other thing that I love about prayer, if you can't tell I love prayer, but prayer doesn't just transform us. I believe it transforms and it changes situations. It changes things. I know it's not possible for me to prove to the skeptic or the cynic that prayer can actually change situations, but I have experienced over and over again that when I pray, things change. Or there, I, or I've, exper I've experienced, you know, if I was to write down a list of requests, I would see a, a list of corresponding answers because God answers prayer. And I've seen miracles happen when I've prayed. Maybe you call it a coincidence. Fine, you can call it that. When I pray, coincidences happen. I've experienced so many coincidences when I pray. And all of this experience just leads me to believe that in balance, prayer does work. It changes things. 
I remember when Elise was, my, my middle child was three months old, she had extreme colic. Her stomach was bad and she was having her arching her back and screaming and crying and we had so many sleepless nights. And as a young mom, I was at the my wits end and I, we were going to specialists and gastroenterologists and, and they were recommending different medications and some of them had some pretty scary side effects. And as a young mom, I was really stressed out about this. I was spending a lot of time researching and asking people for advice and trying to go find experts. And then I remember, you know, spending a lot of time on WebMD. Okay, WebMD, that's a dangerous place to go when you're a nervous mom and you're, and you're worried about your child because there's a lot of things that you can learn on the internet about different diagnoses and, and it can be kind of scary. And what it did is actually it just built my anxiety up more because I could think, well, it could be this and it could be that. And I was just in this deep frenzy of fear. And I will never forget this one night where I was literally holding her as she screamed to the top of her lungs and I, and I was rocking her in this rocking chair and I just at that moment thought I should pray. And here I'm ashamed to say as a follower of Jesus for so many years, here I'd spent so much time trying to find the answers and trying to research and trying to figure it out, but I neglected to come to God in prayer. And at that moment, I felt like God had just like revealed something in me. And I went to Colin and I'm like, we need to pray for Elise. And we did. We laid our hands on her and we prayed for her. And I'm not kidding you. Within 24 hours, every one of her symptoms went away. And we never had to follow up with any other specialists. She really didn't have that issue anymore. Now, maybe that was a coincidence. But I believe that God answers prayer. But don't take my word for it. Ask him yourself. So... Let me ask this question. Does God always answer prayer? I, I actually believe that God always does answer prayer, but it, we may not always get what we were hoping for. We may not always get the answer that we want. And I know that there's some heart-wrenching situations where you have been faithfully coming to God with hard things and you've been waiting and waiting and waiting for an answer. And I just wanna encourage you to keep trusting God. Keep trusting. I love what Corey Ted Boom said. She said, when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still and trust the engineer. The New, the old, the New Testament also tells us that some things can actually stop us, stop our prayers from being answered. And one of those things is unconfessed sin. There could be wrong in our lives that can create a barrier between us and God. But don't please, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you have to be perfect in order to pray. Absolutely not at all. In fact, we can come to God just as we are. We don't have to be perfect. We just come as we are because that is the wonderful thing about who Jesus is. It's through Jesus that we have access to the Father. When we put our trust in Jesus, we, we are seen as perfect before God. And so we can come to God. We have, Jesus gives us access to God. But if we're cherishing sin in our hearts and we refuse to confess, if we refuse to put our trust in Jesus, then that could create a barrier. James 4 verses 2 and 3 say, you don't have because you don't ask God. And when you ask, you don't receive because you're asking with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. We could, we, if, we're, if we're not 
coming to God with the right motives, it's like, you know, allowing that sin to put a barrier between us and God. And, you know, sometimes I like, I really want to win the lottery. I want to, you know, I want to be a millionaire or a billionaire. And so I might be like, okay, this is the big one. I'm going to ask God for the numbers. Give me the winning lottery numbers now. And you know what? Sometimes God, well, always, God doesn't answer that prayer because we're asking for the wrong thing. Sometimes when we come to God, we're asking for the wrong thing. Sometimes God's answer is actually wait. Wait for my perfect timing. We may not understand it at the time, but I, but later on, it makes sense to us. And I can think back to so many times where there were things I really, really wanted. And I would come to God and say, God, I really want this. God, if this happens, like I can see how my whole life will be just so much better and so much more perfect if you answer this prayer and I didn't get the job or I, or I didn't get to date that person or whatever the thing was that I really felt like I needed in order for my life to be perfect and for me to be happy. And I didn't get it or I had to wait for longer. And I think back and I think, oh God, now I can see what he protected me from. Now I can see like the purpose in, in him either saying no or making me wait. But in the moment, it's hard to see that. I mean, think of it in the terms of relationships. A, a little quote from Ruth Graham, she said, God has not always answered my prayers. If he had, I would have married the wrong man several times. And sometimes God's answer is no. I remember when Elise was, this is the same child <laughs> who had the stomach stuff, but when she was about two years old, she was just a fearless, well, she's always been a fearless kid, but she was especially fearless at that age. And she loved, we had a friend who had a beautiful pool and she wanted to go in the deep end and jump. And it was generally safe as long as she had her armbands on or floaties and she could float, but she wanted to not wear the armbands. And so she would come and ask me and Colin, hey, mommy, daddy, can I take off my armbands? And we say, no, you have to have them on. You can jump in the pool, but you cannot take off the armbands. And she was like, mommy, please. And I'm like, no, the answer is always no. And one time she slipped those armbands off and she jumped into the deep end of the pool. And Moments later, we found her at the bottom of the pool swallowing a lot of water, and she nearly drowned. And sometimes God's answer is no, because he actually knows what's best for us. He actually knows what's best for us. And so sometimes that, that is the answer, and it's not the one we want, but it's the one he protects us from ourselves sometimes. Psalm 37 verse 4 says this, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desire of your heart. He's going to give us the desire to follow his plan. He, he gives us, he actually gives us the want to want his plan. And when our lives are aligned with God's will for our lives, we were, we're going to want the things that God wants for us. Sometimes people think that if they follow God, that they're going to end up having this miserable life and God's going to make them do all these things that they don't want to do. But following God is, not, is a joy. It's not a burden because he actually gives you the want to want to do the things that he is calling you to do. And God's ultimate plan for our lives, and I know a lot of times we're like trying to figure out what is his plan, is that we are in this continual process of becoming more and more like Jesus. More and more than anything, that is God's perfect plan for our lives. And prayer is a big part of that process. It's because it helps us put our, it helps to put us in alignment with the character and the ways of Jesus.
And the more we communicate, the more we learn about his character and his will and plan for our lives, the more we are shaped and the more our lives start to reflect God. Do you believe that God wants good things for us? Matthew 7 verse 11 says this, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So it is in prayer that we're in this alignment of our of a process of aligning ourselves more closely to him and allowing him to change us and to change the world. And my prayer is that each of us in our own way would experience the presence of God, would experience that through prayer, and that we would grow in our confidence to talk to God, to develop a relationship with him, to to maybe write out our prayers and, 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 and exchange a letter by reading his word and be able to build that relationship with him. Shall we pray? Father God, I thank you that when I come to you, I can come just as I am. And I, through Jesus, I have access to you. And that I can just, when I pray, I, I, it's just like talking. You know everything about me. And I just can talk to you and be able to share with you how I feel about you and I can I can communicate with you and as I listen I can also hear you communicate to me and God I pray that for each person who's listening to this today that you would help us to take more steps towards growing in our intimacy and our relationship with you in Jesus name we pray amen